Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive deep into the tools, laws, and yes, processes that you need to know in order to scale and grow your organization. On this podcast, we help you structure your business processes to make your people your organization's greatest competitive advantage. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher of your choice. You can also subscribe at peopleprocesses.com, which will give you exclusive subscriber-only content. Here is your host, Rami Alajil, author and CEO of People Processes. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so excited to have you here today. We are going to be interviewing Stephanie Scheller. She's the number one best-selling author of the books, Friend Power, How the Friends You Choose Can Change Your Life, and the book, Getting Past the Gatekeeper, How to Turn Your Greatest Enemy into Your Greatest Ally. She's a TED speaker, a Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee, as well as a top-notch business trainer and coach. She focuses in on sales, marketing, and systems, and is located over in San Antonio, Texas. We're going to be talking today about the processes internally that can help you lead your business, the psychology around teams. I'm very excited to have her. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, so Stephanie, you have, I mean, you've crushed it. And you're probably the youngest person I've interviewed. Uh, So congrats. And and, I mean, what a career. And how long have you been doing this? Six six years? Seven years? Six years. years. Yeah. 2014. uh, May 2014 was when I started my business. So six years in one month. Congratulations. Thank you. So now here you are, you're working with big names, you're speaking to large events, but Mm -hmm. uh, not many people as uh, little girls and boys dress up at Halloween as uh, leadership coaches. It's not, it's not (laughs) something I have a four month old. I love her to death. She's awesome. Uh, but I don't think this Halloween she's going to get out a clipboard and be like, I'm going to be a process expert. Right. <laughs> so how did you go from, you know, being young and, and trying to find a career to where you are now? What, what, what was the journey to get you where you are? So that's kind of a funny question. You know, uh, so being young, I actually did have this obsession with processes. So I, I came in a large, I lived in a large family um, and my mom raised us. I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Cheaper by the Dozen Books. I I have not, but I've heard of this. Okay. They are hilarious. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We watch, we read those. We, the movie does not do them justice. You really have to read the books. I mean, they're, they're absolutely hysterical. And I just remember, you know, I came from not quite as large family. We had seven kids, you know, two parents, so nine total. Um, And I, I was obsessed with how, the dad was able to buy this massive house and always, I mean, he never, you know, they didn't come across like they were rich, rich, but you know, he definitely made decent Uh money and he did it by providing feedback on how to streamline processes. So as, as this kid, this, you know, 12 year old kid listening to my mom read this book, I was very interested in, in that side of it. And then I kind of got sidetracked for a few years. I, I thought I wanted to go work with horses. Um, it's actually what I went to school for was to learn how to work with horses. Uh, well, not, I mean, to learn how to run a barn. And oh, run, I, I was like, r- ride horses? Damn, damn. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, no. Like, so it was like a business degree, but half of my classes were like barn related classes. First so, of all, that's freaking cool. But okay. Oh, all right. So there you were. You learned, you learned how to run a stable horses. I, 
I did. I know it sounds hilarious. Um, yeah, people are like, what's your degree? I'm like equine business and facility management. And I get the board stairs. <laughs> I, I sold insurance for years and my undergrad is in economics and physics. And they, they, yeah. I, I got the question of how did that happen? Right, know. right. They're like, wait, yeah. hold on. What? And then, and then I get the, wait, e- that's, is that horses? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's horses. Um, okay. So, so I go to school, I graduate and I had this realization. I was, I was trying to get a job that summer and I definitely wanted to come back down South. I'm not a fan of cold weather, so I did not want to stay up North, uh, which is where I went to school. And as I was going and interviewing at all of these jobs, I just remember I went and I applied for a job at a local dude ranch and um, I get into the interview and we'd calculated out, you know, how much money do I need to make in order to pay bills, in order to live and so, you know, we sit down, they're like, well, how much money would you like to make? And I was like, well, I really need to be making, and you really need to be making like 40000 And they just started laughing. They were like, well, you're not going to make that here. You're not going to make that anywhere in Texas. And I was like, oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> we found a flaw in the plan. Right. So I go, and I, 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 the next day or a few days later, I saw this ad in the newspaper for, you know, do you like working with small business owners to design creative marketing solutions to work mm-hmm. on a budget and all this stuff? And I was like, oh my gosh, I do. I, you know, I, I thought I was a marketing consultant. So I apply, I get the job. You know, my first week in, I find a client who wants to work with me as their consultant. My second week in, I find another client. My third weekend, I had the realization I was actually a sales rep and I hit the panic button. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not selling anything. And so I froze for, for six weeks, didn't sell anything, finally got over that, actually did very well in sales there. And um, about two years later, I started to have this hankering to, to start my own business. Uh, things I was doing well with the company I was at, but things didn't look good for the company. It was a newspaper, so... You know, mm, yeah, you know, yeah, I could see the writing yeah. on the wall. And I started to go back to, you know, what do I want to do? And I really I remembered going back to the the cheaper by the dozen books and just thinking, you know, like if he could get paid good money to go into companies and do that, you know, how would how would you make that happen? And so that was really I started a sales training business first um, and built that in a year and a half to be the largest, most active practice in central Texas. Um, and then realized I didn't want to do sales training and I really wanted to work with small businesses. So that was a very roundabout way to answer your question, but hopefully no, entertaining. that's a great journey. And that's a great story. Uh, the, the books that inspire us, right. right. I, I, my, my wife and I've talked about that many times. We're both avid readers growing up and, uh, it just, it, you never know what's going to catch you and just right. not let go. And it's, it's outstanding. So yeah. You've built this career now. You you train mm-hmm. in many different facets. Yep. But along the way, I'm sure uh, where you built up a training organ, sales training, and then transitioned, and mm-hmm. six years. I want you to tell me a little bit about the bad times, because <laughs> a lot of our listeners are in bad times right now, yeah. and I get the feeling sometimes when I bring people on who are super successful like yourself, they listen and go, "Well, I could never be in a position like that." Um, so what I ask my guests to do is to tell us the story of their worst entrepreneurial business moment and really kind of take us to the lead up, what happened, uh, and and then we can talk a little bit about what we learned from it. But honestly, this is just your chance to to to, to <laughs> say, look, I've been there, right? There's a lesson in there somewhere. We may not know it yet, but I just <laughs> want to hear the bad times. Okay. So. All right. Well, so... Um... 
So we'll go back to we'll go back to the, the the beginning, not not the very beginning of the business, but you know, I start the sales training business. I build that up from scratch. I mean, and the start to that sales training business, that was definitely a, a, a you know, uh, the, the company I was working for was refusing to pay my commission check. Mm -hmm. They were coming up with all, I mean, that was a really low moment for me, but, um, I have a lower one I'm going to get to. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, so we start the sales training business, right? Year and a half in, um, I'm realizing I don't want to be a sales trainer. This isn't what I really love. What do I want to, I, I got to find, you know, got, we got to go a different direction. Um, and I start to shift into, you know what, I want to be a business trainer. I want to do business events. And um, someone suggested, they said, well, why don't you, you know, put on an actual event, you know, hire some speakers, you know, rent a rent venue, you know. And I said, oh, this is absolutely, let's do this. And um, and so I recruit a bunch of speakers. We put on our very first grow retreat. Um, this uh, was uh, back in the 2016 was when we started putting everything together for that. Um and we had a, we had a phenomenal, well, we had, we had a good first grow retreat. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't phenomenal. It wasn't like, whoa, it was, it was good. It, you know, for a three month event that I put together in, in three months, it was pretty. Yeah. Easy. And you didn't lose your ass on. I mean, that's right. a win. Right? Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I think <laughs> I lost maybe two grand. Like I really, really it wasn't, it wasn't massive. That's a win. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so I put this event on and, and I decided, I said, you know, cause I was like, this is. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed bringing in other speakers. I'm having this realization because the biggest thing I struggled with was like, I'm not the expert in everything in business. I'm mm -hmm. still new in business at this point. My business was only three years old. Like, you know, if I sit here and be like, I'm going to get on stage and tell everyone how to run their business, like no one's going to listen because, you know, I'm 20 something year old, three years into business, you know, yeah. it's not going to go over well. So I had this realization of like, oh my God, I can actually do this thing I'm passionate about, which is getting business owners the tools. But I can do it by bringing in other speakers so I don't have to be the expert. So I was super excited. So we say, okay, we're going to do the Grow Retreat every year. It's going to be an annual thing. And we start putting it all together. And we're coming up on the the next year's retreat, the, the 2018 retreat. So this is the end of 2017. So this wasn't even all that long ago. I feel like, you know, it's kind of, kind of, you know. Anyhow, it wasn't all Showing that your long hand ago, right? No, no, I, I prefer those. Right. Uh, my favorite is interviewing people who have been in business 40 years and they're like, well, there we were, 1986, the savings and loan crisis. I'm like, hmm, highly relatable. Super, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, all right, I so it was remember, just a few years ago. I'm sitting, yeah, just a couple of years ago and we're coming up on the grow retreat and I'm sitting there at my desk. It was late at night. My husband had gone to bed. Um, I was stressing out and I, I was stressing out cause I knew we needed to sell tickets. We needed to, we, I, we had to get more moving. I needed money just to pay the bills. I'd sold some tickets, but I needed to sell more tickets just to be able to, you know, break even. And I knew in my head I needed to be able to break even, but this is, you know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there and I, I just remember this very distinctly. I'm at my desk, same desk I'm at right now. And I've got there's no lights in the house on except for the little like desk lamp. So it's almost like I'm sitting in like a, you know, police interrogation room <laughs> and I'm adding up. Okay. In order to pay all the bills I have coming up between now and the end of the year, in order to pay all of the contracts I've signed for venues, catering, speakers, AV, everything I got to do. Right. I, how much money do I need 
to bring in by the end of the year. So I'm adding it all up, all the bills we have coming in for the business, all the bills that are coming in for the, for the event. And then I add up all the money that was scheduled to come in with all the clients. So I'm like, okay, so if I need to make roughly, I think it was like a hundred and a hundred and $20,000. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, so how much money do I actually have scheduled to come in? Like, so how much money do I need to bring in cash by the end of the year to pay for this event? And I add it all up and I had around $30,000 worth of money scheduled to come in over the next three months. This was October of 2017. Exciting. <laughs> I'm like, I need to make $90,000 in actual, like I have to get paid on $90,000 in three months. And that was way more money than I'd ever made in a month. I, like sure. I'd not, I hadn't even broken the $30,000 a month yet at that point. And I'm, um, I just remember that I think everyone's had that moment where your stomach just kind of feels like it falls out and you can't mm -hmm. really swallow and the air gets thick and you can't breathe and you want to cry, but you can't get any tears to come up. <laughs> and, uh -huh. and it was just the, this, you know, and I'm looking at it going, okay, what do I do? Because I already had people pay me approximately $20,000 for the event. Right. You had to go through with it. I had to go through but... with it. I didn't have the money to repay them. I'd already signed off on contracts. My out fees, I was still going to have to pay $45,000 in out, like to get out of my contracts. So yeah. I would have had to pay $65,000 anyhow, just to not even put this event on. And I would have lost all that faith. And so I'm sitting here going, I have to put this event on, but holy mother of blue blazing pumpkin eaters. What? How, where am I going to get 90 grand? Like I was so overwhelmed and I went to bed and I ended up waking up my husband because I, I thought I was having a heart attack and it was a panic attack. Yeah. But I was so stressed out and I was so freaked out and I I just didn't even know what to do. It was so overwhelming that I, I couldn't even put together like a strategy for how to fix it at that point. All I wanted to do was just curl up and and not think about it. <laughs> so that that was that's the lead up that's and bad, and my yeah. lowest moment for sure. Well, and thank you for sharing that. And I, I'm obviously you survived, so I, I right. want to hear how you did, but I that that feeling is among entrepreneurs, among people who've gone out there and taken the risk. That moment is is entrepreneurship. Yeah. I mean, if if you, if I'm talking to somebody and they say, "Hey, my worst moment was that time," you know, I uh, I, I had to disappoint this one client. I I didn't quite make the delivery, and it took me a week. I was a week late. You know, right? I understand that's a bad time, and it does feel awful. You're, you haven't been around long enough yet. <laughs> right, because uh, there are... When, you're, there when, are when you're wondering, can you pay your payroll on a credit card? When, when I get that call, I go, oh, a business owner. Hi. Yes, welcome. <laughs> this, is part, this is part of it. It's okay. You're, you'll get through it. Yeah. So so you're looking at 90000 more than you got coming in yeah. in the next three months. Yep. And... You've got when does when is the event? It's you're, you're doing this in yeah, September. So this, this was the beginning of October, end of September, and the event it was January. I think it was like the fourth, January fourth. But like all, all right. of the bills were due like December twentieth, December twenty first, December twenty fourth. Oh yeah, you, when's the bill due? This other entrepreneurial consideration actually due, <laughs> right? Uh, what's the credit card fee? Uh, uh, I've run that math. calculation so many times. <laughs> So, all right. So there you are. And, uh, 
how did it work out? What happened? So uh, first thing, I mean, I just lay I didn't have, this was the thing. I didn't have a whole ton of tools at my disposal mm-hmm. to really deal with that at the time. Um, I, I didn't, you know, now I have all kinds of meditation tools and mental tools and, you know, I've worked with coaches to develop, but like at the mm-hmm. time, like literally I just lay in bed and finally, I think about one, one thirty, I just ended up sitting up in bed and I picked up my laptop and cause I couldn't sleep, I was, you know, yeah. all I could think about yeah. was this. And I just picked up my laptop and I just started, uh, you know, doing like the only thing I could think of was let's start making posts on social media. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I start making posts on social media. The next morning I text my coach. I'm like, I'm in trouble. I need help, please. Um, you know, what do I do here? And he, we had, we sat down, we had a coaching session and he gave me, he gave me a handful of strategies. And one of them was to go back to my list. And he said, look, you need to run this, this strategy, we call it the marketing touch strategy. And this is how you're going to warm up. Cause you have a, li- I had a list of 750, 800 people. He was like, look, if you just sell nice all list. the tickets to your event, you'll hit, you'll hit your 90,000. Like you're, you're going to be fine. So, you know, let's just, just look at how do we sell the, the rest of the tickets to the event. And so I went, you know, and I just started, we started following up with my list. We ran the marketing touch system. So we sent him an email one day. We followed up with a phone call the next day. We sent him another email two weeks later. Um, I actually hired someone. Um, he, he recommended, he was like, look, you are swamped with getting ready for the event. You don't have time to do all this, all the sales stuff. You need to hire help. So I hired an assistant who would do the calls and send the emails and set appointments. And she just started setting appointments just with my list. And I kept focusing on generating new leads through speaking engagements Mm -hmm. and social media. I mean, we really just massively stepped up the amount of, uh, of work we were putting out and, and, you know, sales effort we were putting out and brought, you know, brought Rachel on, who's been a member of my team and she's amazing. And, um, and it was very, it was very cool to see it turn around because that very, I mean, we, we met like my coach and I met on like a Thursday, I interviewed and hired Rachel on Friday and Monday she started calling and running this, this marketing touch strategy. And, um, by Tuesday she was setting appointments for Wednesday. And so all of a sudden I had sales appointments on my calendar. I'm having conversations. People are buying, you know, they're buying coaching, they're buying consulting and they're buying tickets. People that I would never have reached out to except for, you know, being in this absolute desperate space of my God, I have to sell tickets. Like, I don't know what else to do. Desperation, the mother of of invention, right? (laughs) I feel like, yeah, (laughs) entrepreneurs, we spend a lot of time with her. Um, Yeah. So that, I mean, that was really it. It was just a massive step. You got to do it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the, the, and those quantum leaps, and even now I'm sure you, you you do something similar, but those quantum leaps that come from overextending yeah. and then suddenly you have to do it. And so you do. And that's, that's what moves the business forward. We're yeah. the accelerator pedal, right? And sometimes it's our big mouths and big dreams <laughs> that put us in a situation where we have to get it done. Oh my God. And, and that's what grows the company. Uh, exactly. those, those desperate moments. Yep. I, uh, yeah, gosh, I, I, I've, I've, uh, the number of times I have said, yeah, we'll do that. And then pre-sold it and then had to do it somehow that kind of thing. Uh, that's, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, 
it's it's the best. It's the best. There's a there's a phenomenon uh, that one of my one of my interviewees was talking about a while ago, and he said um, that makes me think of this. And he, he said it's the uh, I call it the baby phenomenon because uh, a lot of entrepreneurs who start young, you know, they build a company. Maybe they are marginally successful. They're kind of treading water. They have a lot of ideas. They're they're making enough to live, maybe, but it's a little shaky. Uh, and somehow or another, they wind up with their first, their first kiddo. Right. (laughs) And suddenly the, you know, it's, it's almost like an event that's been scheduled, right? It's like, there's money going out the door. There's stuff that has to happen. And suddenly the, the fear of making a cold call or the, the risk of setting up a new marketing or sales system is much lower than -hmm. the risk of not, because you have that you're out there, your back's against the wall. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if you necessarily need to have a baby to do that, but, but a lot of times it's, uh, it's something similar. It's yay. Yeah, but I feel like, I feel like this event was like a baby. Like, it yeah, was, it's, like that's, it, it, oh, yeah. you know, all of a sudden it was like, I mean, and not totally the same. I don't want to, I don't want anyone to think I'm, I'm talking <laughs> children. Um, you know, it's a similar feeling. I just, uh, my, my, like I said, I've got, I've got a four month old baby, right. Uh, yeah. first child born in January. And, I, uh, I, I, we did, it's actually been great. It's been relatively low stress. Everything's good. Having said that, the feeling of things have to change. I can't work a Saturday for 12 hours. Like you you suddenly, those sorts of feelings. I mean, I kind of had them a few years ago, but, but you, it, it forces a change and it's the same with an event. Right. right? You got to do it. You got to, before it was like, Oh, I don't want to work Saturdays, but you know, right. And now, Oh wait, hold up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, all right. So what an outstanding story. And so you've taken your lumps, you've grown your company. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit. Now you have your own organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're on this podcast. We talk about the processes, the, the tools, the strategies that people need internally to scale their organization. And I know you've got a lot of expertise in sales and marketing, and honestly, I'm very interested in that. But I think a lot of our audience uh, thinks more about team management. So Mm -hmm. tell me if you could go back in the ear of Stephanie four years ago and whisper in her ear and say, if you, as you start hiring people, there's one thing, one process, one system what would you whisper in your ear and say, you got to do this as you start bringing people on, it's going to pay huge dividends. You know, so the, (laughs) I'm laughing at myself here because the thing is I knew to do this thing. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, but, but you need a message from the future to actually. (laughs) And the funniest thing is like, you know, when people would ask me, so for a long time, like I really just did a lot of, you know, marketing and sales coaching and, and, you know, People would ask me about about managing their people, and I'd be like, "Well, look, one of the things you really need to start doing is you got to run one on ones with your team. I don't care if you're running them once a week, once a month, but you got to run them consistently. Where you right. meet with your team, you need to cover at least three things. You need to cover what's gone well over the last period, what could have been improved, and what are the goals for the upcoming period. Okay, you need to run it, and I've, I've told so many people this, right? And then, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna, what's gone well? What's gone well? 
Uh-huh. What what could be improved? And this is over the last period. So if you yeah. meet with them on a weekly basis, it's what's gone well over the last week. If you meet with them on a monthly basis, it's what's gone well over the last month. I don't recommend meeting less than once a month. I, th- I think you need oh, yeah. to meet once a month. Oh, absolutely. Um, but what, what's gone well, what could be improved, and what are the goals for the upcoming period? What are you going to accomplish by the time we meet next? Um, or Or what do you need to start working on? Um, and this is, goes both ways. I tell people this all the time, and this is something I really learned too. It goes both ways. So this is you telling them, Hey, here's what I think I did. Well, here's what I think you did. Well, what do you think you did? Well, what do you think I did? Well, cause you need that feedback too. And there needs to be safe space for your team to come to you and have, you know, cause the thing is, and this is the pushback I get, especially in smaller businesses. They're like, well, but I see them all the time. I don't need a one. Uh, I know what they're doing. I know what they did well. Right. Yeah. Like, and my, my thing on the other, the flip side, right. So my team's all virtual. You know, I have one person who actually lives in the same city as I do, but like we, you know, we're all across the country. And sure. so for me, it was like, well, you know, they, they know their tasks. They're all self-managing. I don't need to meet with them. So for a long time, I didn't mm-hmm. even set up one-on-ones with my team, despite telling everyone that they need to do one Oh, the, the shoemaker problem, right? <laughs> right. I uh, made the my, rule. My, so clearly I'm smarter than the rule. It's, you I, know. I, I'm not going to, I will not in any way name names, but I have an employment attorney who is a client of mine. Uh, who's been a client for years, who I have brought in to consult for other clients and not three months ago came to me and said, I just realized I don't, I don't have some of the agreement. Like, how do I, I need, I need to get these out to my staff. <laughs> and after, after, and I mean, this, this is a real law firm with like 120 attorneys. Oh my gosh. 300 employees. And he's like, you know, we just never really looked at our internal employment practices. Right. Right. We're just over there doing it for everyone. Yeah, exactly. What? Uh, yeah, so- okay. So yes, right, so that's what I, I would listen. I would whisper in her ear in four years, four years ago, Stephanie, I would say, look, you need to do the freaking one-to-ones. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> All right. So there, so you whisper in your ear, you say, do one-on-ones. What would, you have a virtual team, they're mm-hmm. task-based, they're self-managing. You see day-to-day when they screw up, when they're doing good. Yeah. I'm sure you intervene. You're, you're constantly in contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Why? Why, why do the one-on-one? Why, why do the one-on-one? What's the advantage? Okay. What are you going to get out of it? Why spend that seven hours a week or whatever, or seven hours a month or whatever it is that you do? To, that yeah. You so, so the, the reason for the one-on-one is, you know, cause, cause yeah, we do. I mean, we're communicating via email multiple times a day. We're, we're getting to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, I think we need one of those, like, um, one of those like walkie talkie systems where it's not all via email. Um, if you don't, uh, let me just intervene. Yes, you do. Yeah, First yeah. That's, that's, we we live in our in our chats, our our hangouts chats. That's what we've built our company on the last six years. Cannot recommend enough. I'm glad. So I I'm and doing some research into a couple of different ones people have recommended because yeah, we're at the point where I'm like, yeah, we need to. I need I need to get this out of emails and it's just oh. it's just got so so anyhow. So we have. I mean, we're we're constantly communicating. My team knows their expectations. They know what to do. Mm-hmm. But the reason I added in the one on ones is because. It creates a very specific, safe space for them to come to me with problems of what I'm doing, as well as for me to come to them with problems, where it creates a space where it's not personal. They're not sending me an email saying, by the way, drives me crazy when you do this. Out of the blue. Yeah, right. Not our team, but our one-on-one meeting going I know I can have this conversation with Stephanie because she's in this headspace to receive feedback. 
-hmm. and I'm coming in the same headspace. The other thing it does is it really requires you. See, these are three things that we kind of process subconsciously, but we very rarely think about really, really put into words. I mean, as the business owner, right, I'm setting goals all the time for the company, but my team is not always setting goals. And so having this, this regular meeting creates a space and they know the agenda as well as I do. In fact, they have access to see my notes so I compile notes throughout the month. They can mm-hmm. go in and look at my notes at any time throughout the month. They can see what I'm get, what I'm getting ready to talk with them about if they want to, you know, be prepared in advance. They can go in and add their own notes. I've made sure that we have, you know, tons of transparency there. Um, and uh, now the only thing is no one's allowed to argue on the notes, right? So if they, add <laughs> notes, <laughs> I can't be like, this is stupid, right? And vice versa. Um, you know, we have to have the conversation, but it creates that space for us to really consciously think about this. And what I found just absolutely mind blowing was how much the quality of their work. I mean, my team, I hold my team to really high standards. I'm kind of, I'm I'm learning to be more relaxed about that, but Mm -hmm. they've always done well, but oh my gosh, like it was an overnight transformation to some of their, some of the quality that was, you know, good, but not phenomenal. And now I'm just like, Oh, like mind blown. It's just so cool to see. So I I love that. So one-on-ones allow you to set goals so that, you know, you're going in the same direction, especially for employees. Goal setting is difficult to do if you don't have a scheduled system to do it. Yeah. Uh, It allows them to provide feedback to you in a safe space rather than initiating it out of the blue, which feels like an attack. Yeah. to the either to the business owner or the employee feel it takes us very not everybody is a salesperson right yeah uh, that if you if you have a great administrator the likelihood that they're going to drop you an email on a thursday night after a long day and go hey by the way when you do this that's dumb um <laughs> it, kill, it it causes me five extra hours of work that i shouldn't have to do and you shouldn't want me to do Right. Uh, that kind of thing is not going to happen. So one-on-ones give you the opportunity to improve those places and yeah. overall increase the quality of work. Yep. Yep. It's beautiful sum up. Just perfect. Okay. All right. Uh, let me just mark that in my notes. 30 minutes in. Sum. <laughs> 30 sum of one-on-one. Okay. So that's an outstanding uh, piece. And it's simple. You're exactly right. And you read every, you know, anyone who started the book has read the book uh, or has started a Business has read a book that says you got to do one-on-ones, but you don't. So uh, let me ask you, uh, in terms of diving into that process a little bit more, you mentioned your staff can see your notes. Are you using like a Google Doc or do you have uh, some sort of software that manages your one-on-ones? How do you go about it? So currently we have a Google Doc, but as we're getting mm-hmm. more in more sophisticated into that, I kind of, uh, I actually want to move it into our CRM. So mm. that, you know, instead of the notes being in different places, they can go in, you know, because because the way our CRM is set up, we can put the notes in there and they could go in and look up their own, you know, account, quote unquote. Right. And they can see the notes from all of their, you know, all of their one-on-ones all at once exactly. instead of having to go into six different documents to view their notes from the past six one-on-ones. Right. So, and of course, for our listeners who are people processes, software members, not selling anything, but just a reminder, we have incident reports goal tracking, one-on-one notes, all those things in your HR platform. Nice. Uh, so you can, you can, yeah, you know, whether you're using a big old piece of HR software like ours or Google, Google sheets or a CRM, absolutely make them a, make them a user and just put them in there. Just log it like a phone call. 
yeah. or, or upcoming stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that was, um, you know, I hadn't even thought about looking for like a regular software. I just figured, you know, our CRM would work for it. So I didn't even think yeah. looking for like an HR software. Well, just, you know, uh, I, I, I try not to talk about our software too much, but it's a, it's a broad HR platform. So we have the payroll in there. I mean, one thing we implemented just in January that's that's been, I would say the utilization isn't as high as I'd hoped yet, but it's been a crazy year for HR, for mm-hmm. everybody. But we've implemented uh, our performance review system. Uh, which can be done weekly. It's a very, it can be very simple and quick, or it can be kind of a complex once a year, 360 review, but it now has uh, actions that can be taken. So like if the one-on-one goes well, uh, you can, you know, rank it on a scale of one to 10 and that'll translate directly into payroll, drop a $75 bonus on the check. Right. So there's all kinds of like full, because there it's one big system, you can pull in different effects, like give them an extra two hours of vacation at the end of, these sorts of reviews to provide incentives and that. See, sort of that's real. That that's one of the keys, you know, on the employee side. If you really want to maximize and bring out the best in your employees, that's the thing I think people forget is one: not everyone is motivated or incentivized the same way you are. So these one-on-ones right. are a really great way to figure out what am I going to do that's going to motivate and incentivize them and and help them know, like really know. You know, we've all heard of the five love languages, right? You know, mm-hmm. everyone has a different way that they they need to feel they're being appreciated and finding out what they, what will show them they appreciate that. That's really one of the big keys of the one-on-ones and having that tied into an automated software system just makes, I think people underestimate the value of that and the amount of like brain power instead of you having to sit there and reach out to the HR manager and say, Hey, by the way, add this bonus onto their next payroll. Oh yeah. And the HR manager has to go in there and add the bonus onto the next payroll. And then they have to check, you know, it just becomes automated and you can let your team know, Hey, when I am able to check these things off, it's automatically going to give you this bonus. Right. And so now your team can start setting their own goals. They start to have some control where they're like, Oh, I want to make a little extra money this month. So I know I need to do this so that she's going to be able to check that box and give me a right. bonus. Like that's brilliant. right. Well, and just in general, and this goes to any process from one-on-ones to mm-hmm. anything, KPIs, your, 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 your goal setting, um, automation allows you, not even automation, making it a repeatable process and minimizing the time it takes to execute the process mm-hmm. frees up time to improve the process. Yeah. So when we started, you know, one-on-ones were, a, 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 well, a thing that happened every now and again. They were supposed to be every month, but they, <laughs> they got there. But we we made it repeatable, and then we became more efficient. And as we made it easier to do, more transparent, it became more and more common. Now we do them every week, uh, yeah. one hour a week for every employee with their manager. Um, so it's a major time commitment on our part. But if we make that out, the more valuable we can make that hour, the less time, uh, less administration that results from that, mm-hmm. the less. How much time during the week do you need to spend preparing, note taking for it, reacting to it? Those yep. kinds of things um, keep you from doing a good job during the actual meeting, right? So, so we anything you can automate or turn into something highly repeatable, you then work on shaving time on it, which gives you more time to improve the actual outcome because that's yeah. the that's the key, right? What's the goal of the thing, and why do we do it? So, in your well, case, you know, the goal was to give them that safe space. So, and how one do we make thing that, that I, I really think is important. I talk about this all the time is the concept of your energy advantage. 
um, you as a, mm. as a business owner, I mean, as a business owner, but as a, as a CFO, CHO, you know, CMO, head of HR, whatever your role is, there are things that you do that give you energy, that get you excited. And my argument, and I've been on this crusade to spread the word on this one, uh, my argument is that your most valuable resource is actually not your time and it's not your money. We all know it's not your money. Um, mm. We also, I, I don't think it's your time. I think it's your energy because we've all had an evening where you didn't have any energy. You didn't have any, like you just, you just couldn't, you sat on the couch, you watched TV, you went to bed early, you were exhausted. And so you had time, but did you do anything with it? No. Absolutely. And so stuff like what you're talking about, where you can automate it and make it simple to like find the things that you are good at and you love doing. And if you love meeting with your team and you love bringing out the best in your team and having those conversations, but man, you're not a fan of the administration afterwards. The, the problem is that energy, people underestimate how much it sucks on your energy, how much it drains you. And you end up really unable to bring your best self forward because you need to be investing your energy into places that produce more energy. So you need to do things that get you excited. Like for me, podcasts, doing these interviews, these mm-hmm. are so excited. I have so much fun with these. Um, like I get off of these and I'm like, oh, pumped up and like trainings and working with my team. But man, if you ask me to file paperwork, you ask me like, oh, good Lord, like mm-hmm. just instant drop, which means I avoid doing it until it has to be done. Um, and it takes me twice as long as it should. And when I'm done doing it, I'm exhausted. And so I tell people, look, stay inside your energy advantage, do the things you love and automate or outsource the rest of it. You'll be amazed at how much your entire business, your department will, will thrive. I like that concept. That's not, honestly, I mean, I've been doing this for many years. I've, I've, I've heard it stated in different ways, but I love the the simpleness of the energy advantage. Yeah. Think about. Um, you know, people say do what you love or outsource the things you're not good at or the things that drain you. I've heard that, but, but think of it as a maximization of things that, that, that bring you energy yeah. uh, and spend wisely when you have to do things you don't want. I mean, you're, look, we all have, we have jobs, yeah. right? We yeah. own companies. We're going to do things we don't like, but let's spend that energy wisely. Yes. Perfect. Mm, I like this. Right. I like this. Okay. So Stephanie, now we've, that's a, that's a great, uh, one, we talked about one-on-ones, a lot of fun there. If you were able to, you know, go into the mind, we have, a, you know, maybe a couple hundred people listening, uh, they're from all different walks of life. What, what is it that kind of is your bailiwick that maybe is going through their head right now? And you'd think, you know, if you're thinking this right now, or you're in this position, you should reach out to, to, to Stephanie. Like why, what, where are they at? What are they doing? And who is it you work with that, that would work with you? So we primarily work with businesses that are already in growth mode and looking to, to, we, we call it cut the struggle curve. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about cut the learning curve. I'm all about cut the struggle curve. Like there's no reason you should be sitting there. We just talked about the energy advantage. Why would you waste your energy struggling? Um, you know, the businesses and, and primarily what we actually do the most of is we do a lot of events. So we do online events, uh, live events, and we bring in the experts. That's, that's still really the big business model. We do some consulting work, um, primarily in the, in the marketing and sales arena. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of it is, is we bring together 
Um, we have all these events going throughout the year and we'll bring you, we'll connect you to the event that's the right fit for you. All of our events are application focused, but the people who get the most out of it are people who are in growth mode. If you're stagnant and you're looking to jumpstart growth, we can chat, but really the guys that I have the most fun with and we create the most impact for are the guys who are growing and going, okay, we need to grow faster. We need to, we need to, we know we have some problems. We know we need to fix these. We're, we're growing, but we, it's, it's not quite enough. We want to, want to increase that curve. Those are, man, those are the guys I get excited working with. I feel you. I, I, I've been in business coming up on 11 years now and we've been through phases, you know, where, uh, we're excited and growing quickly and, and all we could think about is growing more. Uh, and then there are times where, and and it's all up to the business owner. Mm -hmm. Don't fool yourself and think, oh, it's because of, it's because of COVID we're retrenching right now. We're just going to coast through this or, (laughs) Whatever the event in your industry is or your life, um, you're the gas pedal. So if you're happy treading water right now, hey, that's your choice. But if you're uh, out there fighting for new business right now and you think, hey, uh, let's 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 ramp this up, maybe yeah. Stephanie's one of your events would be a good thing. So yeah. let's say someone's listening right now um, mm-hmm. and they are growing. a year, or maybe they're a small business and they're growing 80% a year, but that's still barely enough to pay the bills. Um, you know, I've been there too. Um, the, the, and they, and they want to kind of revitalize right now. They're growing. I hear this a lot. I grow. How do you grow? Exclusively through referral. (laughs) Right, right, right. So there they are growing exclusively through referral. Um, what would you do? What would you kind of advise them to start with? If, if I know they'd love to, you'd love for them to contact you and join one of your things. But if, if you were, I don't know, your, your sister or your brother was in a business like that. And and they said, you know, Stephanie, I just want, I want to do something this afternoon. I want to get a piece of paper out, write down five things and make a plan to improve my current marketing and sales strategies. Like what, what should I do right now? I grow by referral, i.e. I wait for the phone to ring. And uh, I do a great job with my current clients and they all love me, but I need to grow my company. Where would you start? Well, so there's a couple things I would start with. One is if, you know, the, the great thing is if you're growing by referral, it means you do have good quality controls or you, maybe you are the quality controls, which means you need to outsource, you need to systemize that quickly. Cause when you grow, you're going to have to be able to grow beyond you. Um, but if you are growing by referral, the thing is you have a marketing plan, um, but your marketing plan is hoping that other people are going to be kind enough to send referrals to you. So what I tell people is look, you can build a a really solid marketing plan that really emphasizes and brings out that referral tendency. You're already generating referrals. Wouldn't it be phenomenal if you could generate 10 times as many referrals because you're doing it intentionally. And Mm -hmm. this goes way beyond let me, you know, uh, let me ask people for referrals. Cause you know, what does your brain do? As soon as someone goes, Hey, do you happen to know anybody that, that you do could use my help? Your brain goes, Nope. nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a broad, that's such a broad question. Right? right. But you can put together, you know, I'm working with a client right now who they get a lot of word of mouth referrals and so what we did was we said, okay, how are people talking about you? What are, so we did some research. We looked into how are they actually like, what is it they're talking about that's generating referrals? And then we put together this really cool handout that gets handed out to every person at the end of, um, at the end of a service. And it's, it's a gift card 
And, and it, the way it, the whole way it was lined up, I mean, it, it's lined up to be like this, Hey, we really want to help you support you, take care of you. So we're going the extra mile. And what's been really cool is how many people are taking that, that card, that little, it looks hand signed. We got that. We got the client to, you know, create an autograph and we put it on the card and the person's taking that and putting a picture of it on their social media going, wow, do your tire guys do this? Like, and it's, so you can become, so what I would actually recommend, we actually have a really cool, I can send you the, um, I can send you the, the link for this. If you're, if you're able to put that up, we have a really cool four part series on how to create effective online marketing. And I break down in that series. It's free. It's, um, I mean, I'm not going to charge anyone for it. You just have to register to get access to it. But we break down everything that I learned working on 2,500 plus campaigns, um, looking at campaigns that worked, looking at campaigns that didn't work, what was the common denominator. Um, and to, to answer the question in short, if you're sitting here and you go, okay, I want to work on my marketing. The first thing I would tell you to work on is you need a really solid marketing message and your marketing message needs to go beyond your tagline. Your message is what are you sharing with people, right? It is, it is not this, you know, I use K jewelers all the time. Um, cause <laughs> K jewelers has every kiss begins with K everyone knows their tag. Right. Yeah. But their message goes way beyond their message is all about how we bring people together and we create special moments with the people you care about, right? That's their marketing message. And if you look at all their commercials, they show that message again and again and again uh -huh. and again. And so what I encourage people to I'm like figure out what your message is. What are you sharing? How are you showing it? Because K Jewelers actually physically in their, their commercials shows two people coming together. So right. over and how, over, just different right. ways. Yeah, yeah. Every commercial, you watch it, you can see the whole every freaking commercial. And uh, which is which is great. So you figure out what your marketing message is. You need to figure out who your target market is, because as long as you insist you're marketing to anybody, you're marketing to nobody. Um, it just means you're throwing like marketing costs. It either costs time or it costs money. So if you want to just throw your message out there at, to a thousand people and hope that five of them are good fits, um, that's fine. But you're going to spend a lot of energy, a lot of time or a lot of money trying to get that message out. You would much rather put that message out to 100 people for a tenth of the cost and know mm -hmm. that five of them are going to be good candidates, right? So figure out who your target market is, and then you can work on your methods of distribution. Too many people focus on the methods of distribution first, right? These are my mm -hmm. three M's of marketing, your, your marketing message, your target market, and your methods of distribution. And it goes in that order for a reason, because when you try and do it the other way around, when you try and figure out, okay, I'm going to do social media, I'm going to do a website, I'm going to do a blog, I'm going to do a podcast you're basically trying to build a house from the roof down. Like your methods of distribution are the last thing you do. You can't build a house from the roof down. You can't build a good marketing campaign from the methods. So that would be my, what should they sit down and work on? That's outstanding. All right. Well, we'll definitely, I definitely want that link. We'll put it on the uh, podcast website. We'll in the show notes down there, there will be a link over to Stephanie's site to sign up for that. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. You've dropped some great value bombs, and uh, I'm, I'm so excited to introduce you to our audience. Uh, thank you again for, for coming on. 
Thank you so much for having now, me. How, how do they reach out to you? What's the best way to reach you? Oh, um, so they, I mean, obviously if they register, if they, they want that. Yeah, course, they got the link down there. Yeah, the other place I would go to would be the, um, our website is just www.growdisrupt.com. It's, you know, my company name, Grow Disrupt. Um, and there are tons of resources on there. There's a really cool quiz on there about, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges entrepreneurs have is trying to figure out what do I, you know, which fire do I put out first? And mm -hmm. so we, we put together this really cool quiz you can take to figure out, you know, what fire do I put out first? And it will, it will refer you to the right resources for you. So it'll say, oh, you need to work on this. Here's some resources. And some of them will be free. Some will be paid, but we made sure there was always free resources on there. There's articles. There's, I mean, it's, there's a ton of stuff over there. So Outstanding. Ladies and gentlemen, link down below. Stephanie, thank you for joining us today. Have an awesome one. Thank you. You too. It was really awesome to connect and I'm, I, I meet the coolest people podcasting. So thank we're going to keep chatting. It's going to be oh, awesome. Yeah. All, All right. right. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at People Processes. Go to peopleprocesses.com, subscribe, and get some of our subscriber-only content. And if you got something out of this, make sure you share it with anyone you know. Thank you for tuning in. Now it's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.